Uh, today, we're honoring those who serve in our nation's military and serve the Lord in our local church until passing their res, which is, is the tribute we just finished. From time to time, God has had to call out the militia or raise an army to fight to protect his own. His title in that situation was Lord of Sabaoth, Lord of the Armies of Israel, as those who are under the leadership and protection of Jehovah maintain his cause in war. Uh, I looked to see how many times Lord Sabaoth was used. I expected to find it in the Old Testament, but it's not there. It's only in the New Testament in Romans and James. Also, we find that some persons uh, utilize the militia to protect their family, in the case of Abraham. A militia is defined as a body of citizens enrolled as a regular military force for periodical instruction, discipline, and drill, but not called into active service except in emergencies. So let's look at a few examples. I'm going to try to take these in chronological order. So if you wish to read along, I, uh, I'll look up uh, Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9. That's our first one. And war broke out in heaven. Michael, which means who is like God, and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So that was the first militia that I found in the, in the scriptures. Uh, we see Michael again later on, of course, when Moses has passed away. Yet Michael, this is in Jude 1. Verse 9, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. Now we move to the earthly leaders in Genesis 14, verses 14 to 16. And this is when Abram's brother Lot was uh, snatched away from his uh, area of his life. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, that's a lot of servants, and he pursued them into Dan. And he divided himself against them, and he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought back again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Later we find that Moses uh, was also, a, of course, a military leader. And he, in Exodus 17, verse 9, Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Of course, uh, Joshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus, and it means Jehovah is salvation. 
Then in Deuteronomy 31, verse 14, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, that day is approached that thou must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. Now we skip down to verse 30 23. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. So then moving to uh, chapter 34 of Deuteronomy, verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And in Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even the children of Israel. God is in reality the leader here, but he has selected men as he selected us to spread his message of love and salvation. And so Joshua is, of course, under the leadership of God. And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. Well, that's good to hear that uh, they are willing servants uh, uh, for the uh, Israelis and uh, the whole house of Israel. In Joshua 2, verse 1, Joshua the son of Nun sent out a Shittim, two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. Well, they went there and they checked out everything. And they end up having to hide in a um, house of ill repute, uh, Rahab's uh, place, and they lodged there. And, uh, of course, the story goes that uh, she was uh, spared. And, uh, in fact, you find her name in the lineage of Jesus. Moving to Joshua 2, 20, uh, verse uh, 22 and 24. So the two men returned from uh, their scouting mission there and descended from the mountain, passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all the things that befell them. And they said to him to Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. They, uh, apparently their uh, fame and their abilities uh, preceded them. And, of course, we know eventually the city of Jericho, as well as Merah, and many others fell to Joshua and the people of Israel. Now, later down the line, in Judges, chapter 4, verses 5 to 9, we find a, a woman in charge of the military. It reads, And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. The children of Israel came up to her for judgment, and she sent and called 
Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kedesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor? Take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Zebulun, and I will draw unto thee to the river Kisan Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me. I guess he uh, wanted to make sure that she was on the uh, up and up there. Then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Then in chapter 4, verse 14, And Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand, has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from the Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And, of course, the results were positive. Then we find Gideon in Judges 6, 33 to 39. Then all the Midianites and all the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and unto Zebulun, and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I have put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew is on the fleece and the dry, the ground is dry all around it, uh, then he'll know that uh, he has received a message from God. Well, that happened, and he wrung a whole cup of water out of the fleece, but then he decided, well, I want to be really sure. So he bargains with God again. If you, I'll put the fleece out again tonight, and you leave it dry and let the dew be all around it. Well, God was true to his word, and he did that. And Gideon then knew that, in his own mind then, that he, uh, God was his, the one who's instructed him. Then in Judges 7, 1 through 7, Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Well, so uh, the Lord instructed uh, Gideon then to uh, ask if anybody's fearful, uh, go on home. Well, 22,000 men went home, and that left him with 10,000, which is still a good size. That's a division, a uh, good size group. 
And then God told Gideon, you still have too many. You still think that you guys won the victory and not me winning the victory for you and delivering them into your hand. And so he said, well, have a little test. March them over through this river and uh, see who stops and bends down and gets a drink. And who just goes through the river and scoops up water and drinks it out of their hand. So they do that. Well, out of the 10,000, only 300 just scooped up the water and drank it out of their hand. And so God told Gideon, this is who your army is, these 300. By the 300, this is in verse 7 now, by the 300 men that lapped, I will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the... Um, I always hate to have that happen. Other people go, every man unto his place. So they sent the other 9,700 men home. In uh, chapter 8, verse 4, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over, he and the 300 men that were with him, faint yet pursuing them. And in verse 13 of the same chapter, And Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from the battle before the sun was up. Well, the 300 were victorious, but in reality, God was victorious, and the 300 were just instruments that were led by God and blessed by God in that battle. Well, then they got back home, and Israel wanted Gideon to be their king and his son to be king after him. And he basically said, nothing doing. I'll not rule you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Well, the people of Israel, they begged and begged and begged and begged for a king. And God kept telling them, no, a king is not going to be good for you. Then things will be like they are in other countries. And uh, the king will run all over you. And, and uh, it's not a good idea. But I guess God finally got tired of hearing the begging. and he said, okay, we'll anoint Saul to be your king. It seems about that time uh, there seemed to be a regular army, standing army. Uh, and so Saul led that army, and he uh, won many battles. And the, uh, along comes David, who is also a fighter. And he fights the Philistines under Saul's kingship. And so in the first Samuel nineteen eight it says, And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines, and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. After the battle later, uh in the battle where Saul and his three sons were killed, of course, David became king of Judah. And so he also had a standing army, and uh, they uh, had to fight some battles as well. And his son, of course, Solomon, 
later was king. And Solomon, he had 30,000 stalls for his horses and, and horsemen, uh, for horses for chariots. And, and it, it was just a tremendous army that he had. But he didn't ask God to lead him into wars and, and uh, conquer other countries. He prayed and he asked for wisdom. And God granted him wisdom. And so, uh, it's, uh, in First Kings 3, verses 5 through 10, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. You've continued this great kindness for him, and you've given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you've made your servant king instead of my father David, but I'm still a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord and saw that Solomon had asked for that, which was, of course, wisdom. And, of course, his wisdom was famous throughout the world. And there's the story of Bathsheba and uh, coming to seek out um, the man who was famous for his wisdom. The, uh, in First Kings 9.22, of the children of Israel, Solomon made no forced laborers because they were men of war and his servants, his officers, his captains, commanders of his chariots and his cavalry. So in the early days, we find in the scriptures that the... God's people form militias for battle. They're ordinary citizens who might be working in fields or owners of businesses who were called to fight for their nation. And later, the kings had standing armies. But let's fast forward to the last days. Daniel 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And when the saved and Jesus return after the millennium, we see the final battle of the universe, when all will recognize that God is truly a loving God, not the person that Satan has claimed that God is. Which, by the way, he knows better, but he did. In Revelation 20, 7 through 10. Now when a thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. 
and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented until they finally burn up and the last ember goes out. Revelation 20, verse 15, And anyone not found written in the book of life was also cast into that same lake of fire. And when that goes out, when the fire finally stops burning, in Revelation 21, 1 through 7, we have this description. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, he'll dwell with us, and they shall be his people, they're his people. God himself will be with us and be our God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. We won't have any more of this goings on on earth. Yes, we have been striving to keep freedom for everyone, and that will well be free when the final battle is over and the new earth is is uh, given to us and he who sat on the throne said behold I make all things new and he said to me right for these words are true and faithful and he said to me it is done I am the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We're all, in reality, in the Lord's army at this time. We're not called to battle, but we are called to send this message to the very ends of the earth, that the work finally will be finished, and God will then say it. This is it. We'll gather the flock. And then we'll go home with him. And we don't have to worry about celebrating the memorials. We'll be celebrating the creation from Sabbath to Sabbath. And not looking at pictures of what God may and Jesus may look like. But we'll be looking right into the face. Of Jesus and God at that time.